What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of CMA Podcast. How is everybody doing? Today, today I am joined by a guitar-shredding assassin, Sonia Anubis. Sonia, how are you doing, sister? I'm doing pretty well. Feeling pretty fresh because it's so early in the morning. Well, I mean early, like 10 a.m. or something, but I feel energized for everything that's coming so i'm good amazing and here here's a sentence that i i think every musician loves to hear you just got back from tour right well it was like um a productive amount of days that included concerts so i'm not sure if i can call it a tour but um i went to brazil to be with my band crypta other girls are from brazil so it was a natural um (laughs) choice to go there um and we have done a lot of cool band related stuff such as uh, recording a music video, um, you know, being together and recording content, um, playing, rehearsing a lot together. We have rehearsed every single day. And uh, we have played uh, three different shows. Two of them were a live stream, you know, due, due to the COVID situation, it's very hard to do a live concert, but we did uh, two different live streams. They are pre-recorded and we're gonna release them a little bit later this year or the next one. And then we have the third one, which was meant to be a live stream, but it happens to be a driving concert. And that's actually a funny story because um, I heard it the same day, oh, it's going to be a driving show, so we are actually going to play in front of people. But um, then we were, once we were on top of the stage, there was literally a crowd in front of us of people. And I was like, wow, well, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, people literally got out of the car and just break the barriers and got in front of the show, even though it was not allowed but at least we got like a little crowd there so it was it was like finally the first show after two years and it felt super magical super magical because uh it's our first real show with crypto yeah and uh yeah that's uh pretty much the reason why i went to uh, brazil but it was very productive and it felt kind of not really like touring but it felt like finally being a musician again for sure yeah yeah i mean this pandemic has taken its toll on so many different aspects of life uh, be it in the gym or musicians, especially like the big bands where you see like band members leaving and, you know, having to go get like essentially real jobs and all that nonsense talk that they, yeah. they have. But uh, I've been a fan of yours for a couple of years and I see you're just killing the game. Um, Thank you. You're in so many different like cool bands. I love your style. I love your music. I love the fact that you're so goddamn good on guitar um thank you so much so when like when i i saw this post uh that you put up a few as a few weeks or a few months ago now um that that triggered me i'm like i need to get this person on my podcast um <laughs> I, I'll, I'll put it up here so people can read it but it's basically um you sitting on the ground in i guess it's your studio or practice room it's a rehearsal place near where i live yeah yeah and just uh, the text it resonated with me because you could translate this across to any aspect of of what's going on right now and you're talking about you know i won't read the whole thing but sometimes choosing to be a musician full-time is very stressful and mentally draining the numerous insecurities that come along with uh, the amount of practice and has to be put into guitar playing and deliver unending responsibilities that come uh, when you manage yourself like with musicians and with fighters and with people in industries where it's in the in the public light 
We see you when the makeup is on, the hair is done, you're looking great, you're on stage, the lights are on, and your guitar soloing away. But we forget all the hard work that came with that and all the stresses that came with that. And when I talk to people on this podcast, I want to talk to real people, not just celebrities that are in the spotlight all the time and everything is positive and, and amazing. I want to like relive the hard times that got you there. You know, so that's truly inspiring for me to see that you put that out to the world. I love it. Well, for me, it's very important to stay real. You know, I don't like when people also uh, show a different uh, fake personality of them just to like please the people. You know, I'm, I'm a real person and I don't like to fake the person that I am. Um, I can uh, put myself into a persona. That's what I do when I'm on stage. But that's like part of being an artist, something that I uh naturally do it's like theater you know um you can perform it's performing and uh but as for my own real personality um that will never change and i will always show the person that i am i will never fake it and uh also i like to be open with the people that follow me and um my fans i, I like to be honest i don't like to when i'm feeling um very um for example i wasn't feeling very well that day you know I, i'm i'm I can be quite open about it when it's necessary. Of course, I'm not going to share every single detail, but um, it's important to share awareness that not everything is like uh, roses and sunshine. You know, it's it's like sometimes it's it's also um, not going good. And that's normal. You know, every, everyone has this, even musicians. Yeah. And I translate this across to, to fighting and training in the gym and as I said, everybody loves to see the fighter walk down towards the ring with the muscles built and ready to go with that angry face looking to kill. Uh, but not everyone understands that there are numerous nights in the gym every single night where you start to question yourself, you question your dedication, you start to wonder after having a bad night training, uh, is this for me? I, I've had plenty of nights where I sat after training with my arms folded just going, I suck. And my coach said that I'm not doing well and I need to do harder. I, I was nearly pulled out of a fight three weeks before the fight because I was not training to the best of my abilities. And Damn. I ended up winning that fight. And, you know, everyone saw me with my hand raised and looking happy and drinking beer afterwards. But not everybody knows that what happened in the gym three weeks before was me sitting in a puddle of my own tears, questioning if I even want to go and do this anymore. I totally get it. You know, I have the same with my guitar playing. Um, I'm very perfectionistic as for everything what I do. I always want to over perform and be like good enough, you know, for what I'm doing. I want to um, raise the bar every time and it's never enough. Sometimes I feel like I always can do better. And whenever I am gave myself 100% sometimes and then I don't get exactly what I wanted to reach. And that can be very frustrating. For example, when you make mistakes in a certain rehearsal or at, actually on stage, for example, I felt like sometimes in the live stream recordings, I made mistakes that I never do when I'm rehearsing. And that's very frustrating because you get nerves. These nerves make you perform a little bit less good, you know, and this this is very frustrating things a part of being a musician, you know, but um, maybe I guess some people have less problems with it. Myself, I struggle with it a lot. And um, I always want to give my uttermost best for the bands that I'm in, you know, and also for the fans because they deserve only but the best. And uh, this is a lot of pressure to live in. And that's mainly why I put this post because 
I am in two bands and I also have to manage myself on everything to do it. Like uh, do the interviews, do uh, record stuff. Um, my YouTube channel that hasn't been updated in so long, you know, all these little things that I have to like think about is very, very, very stressful, but it's very fun though. I, at the end of it all, it's very fulfilling, but the stressful part is just doing everything hundred percent as you wanted it to be. Yeah, that's it. And I, I've got like a few people at the gym that come to me and ask me questions about training and if, if things aren't going their way, like some, I think some people want to be a professional two months into their beginnings and they don't mm -hmm. realize that there's years and years of perfecting certain moves. And I, I would equate that, I guess, to playing guitar. I, you didn't just become this shredding killer guitarist overnight. You, you probably spent hours in your bedroom figuring out chords and chord progressions and learning through, I think you said in previous interviews, through YouTube and watching Kiss. Can you <laughs> yeah. say that? No, I'm a, I mean, I'm a self-learner, so I learned guitar all by myself. And uh, I started as a bass player initially, so it was not even my main instrument in the beginning. Uh, I considered myself very much a bedroom player because I used to practice a lot at, at, at home and behind my computer and sitting on my chair and, you know, without expecting anything to happen. I was more of like a best bass player and I was also having my side job as a web developer before. Oh, wow. So mu music was like, oh yeah, it's my passion, but I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. You know? But um, later on, I got very cool um, opportunities as a guitar player, something that I was quite surprised about because I thought that I was way better bass player and guitar was like, mm, you know, could be a lot better. And I never standed on stage as a guitar player. So that kind of like pushed me to really uh, raise um, my skills with the guitar playing as for when I joined Burning Witches, because um, having not ever played guitar on stage is something that is very, um, it's, it's, it's like you gotta get used to it. You know, I've been always a bass player, always playing with my fingers. And suddenly I have to pick, you know, something that I've only done when I was sitting. All of a sudden I have to do it standing, which is completely different feeling completely different yeah. and it's like I had to relearn to play guitar and uh, that was a huge pressure on me because there were a lot of expectations burning which is what's already a very big band and they had already a, a fan base so everyone would look at me like with uh with a rate with a glass yeah. so uh, there's so it's just a slight mistake because I had to play obviously the solos from the previous guitar player then people would say yeah she's not very good she's la and I was like god damn so much <laughs> so so much pressure you know um and uh, i i learned to like create a barrier and not like pay attention to that anymore but you know it really pushed me to like get better 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 try to nail everything and it took me a while it definitely took me a while because it's not easy to go from here you know to go a, a lot better it takes away and and some people don't realize that it's a lot of work that you that has to be put in to to um, deliver something better and uh, yeah, so after those two and a half years that I've been in Burning Witches, I definitely felt that I've got a lot better as yes, for performance and also playing. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, just this last two years, I even started taking it even more seriously once I started with Cobra Spell and Burning, um, Cobra Spell and Crypta, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, because Crypta is a death metal band and death metal band, death metal is a lot more technical. There is a lot of uh, speed, 
uh, the solos have to be a lot faster. This is something that, uh, but I uh, started getting guitar lessons by Marcel Kuhnen, a very good guitar player here in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. um, I started writing my own music with uh, Krypta and Coverspell. Coverspell, you do all the compositions with Krypta. It's uh, democratic. We all bring in ideas. So all of a sudden it become more of my, my thing uh, somehow. And I got to really put in my guitar playing into it. So it feels even more natural for me because finally I'm playing my own music. And that's something that comes from me and for me will be easier to play even though it might be technical for other people it feels more like my style and um yeah I, I think with all those um all these two years that i've been practicing a lot and a lot and a lot it's been a lot better uh, and of course it can be a lot better i'm still like working towards something but i'm putting a lot of energy into it to deliver and uh, to hopefully reach the, the the skill level that i want to reach <laughs> yeah for real you, you touched on quite a lot there it's uh you know when you talk about the performance i remember someone told me before i used to play in a band i used to be in a thrash metal band i was a drummer um but when i when i was younger i was in my bedroom pretending that i was on stage playing in front of fifty thousand people but then when i got on stage in like the smaller venues i was told like because i was trying to manage my nerves they were like just pretend you're back in your bedroom so there's that like vice versa effect when you're mm -hmm. trying to perform on the big stage. And I guess it's the same with fighting. When you're training in the gym, there's like a handful of training partners. And when you're fighting in front of 500, 1,000 people, you kind of want to just block all those people out. It's not for show. You've got to you know, focus on your guy. Um, but with Yeah, it's, it's hard to do that, by the way. Um, I've had a lot of struggles with uh, stage anxiety, you know. Um, even as a bass player, I never had anxiety on stage i was always like i'm not scared i can do this but um with burning witches it was different my previous band because there was already a lot of expectations and these expectations create a lot of nerves and you know that people are not gonna say something if you don't play well you're gonna read it in the reviews you're gonna read it everywhere you know so there was a lot of pressure and yeah i i was just getting started to be on stage as a guitar player and yeah i had a lot of nerves and uh whenever something was not good i just people were going to tell me and uh, that that made me really like anxious on stage that's why I got it's kind of uh worked against me a little bit that's why I kind of left burning witches too because all I all I did whatever I, energy I put into the band um it never I always got like criticism in any kind of way I know <laughs> this is quite personal yeah but um yeah, it was always like it's never good enough you know never good enough and at, at a certain point you know it does you don't enjoy about enjoy it anymore you know you just want to play and i feel whenever i played careless i played the best and, and if i played with the pressure of having to perform a certain level or whatever other people want for example a manager or something whenever they, they want something i i get like um not good you know i i don't get the, what i want to be and that's what's kind of avoided me to express myself in the best way possible because you get all these uh, things in your head of you have to do this, you have to do that, but then you forget that you have to be yourself. And uh, that's why I just, it's not my thing, you know, I started my own two bands and in this way I can do my own thing. And I feel like so much better because it's my actual thing and I don't have anyone telling me, hey, this is not good, you have to do it this way. No, because it's my thing. So I do it my own way. And that I think that's uh, that's been probably the best choice I've done in the COVID time. <laughs> Amazing. But that's what makes you real. That's what I love to hear. 
um, trying to equate this across to like other musicians who we think are bulletproof and who are just these aggressive non-stop take no shit people they all probably feel anxiety but they don't like talk about it and i, I think the most pivotal um movie that I, or documentary i guess you'd, you you'd ever put out there would be things like um some kind of monster by metallica you saw that movie I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's insane. It. It's 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 back when they were going through their issues in two thousand and uh, and one, and there's a line in the movie where the they have a therapist come in and they just basically are talking about it was it was basically a making of their album that turned into the demise of their uh, corporation, their their business, their band, and like being free enough to risk being seen by the people was the the quote uh, where these Metallica guys were not these raging alcoholic drug pushing uh, you know killers on the road that these were very very sensitive guys who suffer from all these normal human being things and I, yeah. I wonder if those documentaries were out in the 80s how many bands would put it out and how many bands would see uh, the world react to their insecurities and their anxieties and their stage nerves things like that you know i'm yeah, fascinated about everyone, things everyone in the mu i mean not even in music but everyone in the world actually would need a therapist we all have our own little traumas and uh pro little personal problems everyone has this because we some we live in a world that is not perfect you know we, we get um we get so many things that can hurt us um you know it's it's, it's normal it's human and um, it's not bad to be sensible. You know, it's something that also I have thought a lot of because I'm a very sensible person. Um, it's something that wasn't appreciated in my previous band. Uh, it was something that was seen as a weakness whenever I was um, not feeling emotionally well. And that's something that hurt me a lot because I even then I become even worse. You know, if, 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 if my personality, my sensibility is not a, uh, all right, then I blame myself for being the way I am. And all I could do is, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I should be stronger. I should be better. Um, you're not strong enough. And these things are going to be all the time in your head. And this, I, the only th that, that, that can only make it worse, in my opinion. It's hard to explain. You know, I, I, I think sensibility is something very beautiful. And I'm now starting to really understand how it works. You know, it's been two years since I, I left the previous band. And I'm starting to really get to see how it is. You know, firstly, I still I always blame myself for everything, but now I'm learning. It's not your problem; it's just the, their problem. Yeah, that's amazing. That that that's such a good way to look at it too. Because I put up a, an episode of of this show during the week, uh, and I I reflected on mental health and my own uh, struggles through the pandemic. Of uh, my my like, I don't play in a band anymore. I don't play music anymore. But I do a lot of fighting, and well, I don't fight anymore. But I do a lot of training. And my release in life uh, was concerts. I would go to so many concerts per month. Um, and, and all that's taken away from me as a fan and, and, and you as a musician to go from country to country playing your favorite music that you composed to the fans that love and want to see more of you. Um, so it needs to be treated with more respect. It's like, you know, we're, we're all kind of just waiting for that green light to go, you know, but no one's really asking, hey, listen, are you okay? You seem down. I haven't seen you smile in so long. 
but it, it really does need to be respected. And, and you being so open and honest about that just reminds me that I'm a fan of a real person, not just a celebrity on stage, you know? That's, yeah. <laughs> I trust that that comes across as a compliment to you. Thanks. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, definitely. I, uh, I like to be authentic. I don't want to be someone that is faking uh, some kind of dream world because what does it help for someone? I think mm -hmm. people can, it's better when you can talk about something that you can agree on, you know, that makes you human and that can, that you can both like uh, feel each other in a certain way, because that's, I think that's, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> we just assume. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't, I, I, I've lived my life, my whole life like this, my whole life like this. I, I don't imagine trying to act like someone else because that's not who I am. I just, I was always pursued by my family to be, um, by my parents to be someone that I want to be and not let anyone tell me how to live my life, you know, not even a manager, not even like may maybe, yes, maybe I can get advice, but I will never like change my, who Sonia Anubis is, you know, that's who I am and I'm not going to change it uh, unless it's like getting uh, not good, you know, unless if I'm really not being kind or maybe if I'm not being, uh, you know, I can definitely take advice on, on my parents or, uh, you know. Yeah, for real. And and with your content that you push out on social media, albeit YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook or whatever it is, uh, I, I love how eclectic you are with what you do put out because there's such a wide range. You do playthroughs of uh, Kiss and Motley Crue. There's like some Megadeth in there. And then all of a sudden, your your music that you actually play live is is this really assassinating death metal shredding you know when when i get ready for the podcast here my wife is in the next room doing home office and i'm just like trying to get ready you know <laughs> exactly uh so it's just like the, that wide range of stuff that you put out there like when i hear things like um kiss i was made for loving you and you know put on echoes of the soul it's like a completely different spectrum of music so yeah but actually um for me it's death metal is also very special uh, i've had a huge death metal and no, it's not a phase because i'm still really liking death metal but uh, back when i was 16 years old i was joining a lot of death metal bands as a bass player uh, until my 20th so for four years i've been like in I don't know how many bands in yeah. playing death metal as a bass player. Um, I've been listening to a lot of death metal, gone to a lot of death metal festivals, um, met a lot of death metal bands. You know, I've been always a huge fan of death metal. Um, I am have a very broad taste of music. I also like thrash metal, black metal, you know, heavy metal, hard rock, or even genres outside of the metal. I can really, I really like synthwave, for example. So it's not something that comes on natural for me, you know, what I make with Crypta is also what I write too. It's music that comes from me too. And um, for me, it, death metal is part of something of me very special. And um, it feels very natural, even though it's the first band that I play guitar, death metal as a guitar player, you know, that's something that was, of course, different, but it came so natural to me. Um, the same goes for Cobra Spell, which is heavy rock, you know, it's I've also been, I've never been playing in a band that is heavy rock aside of Burning Witches, which is more heavy power metal. So it's like, I can, I can put myself into the genre because I have a passion for metal and it's not, it's not, 
heavy metal or thrash metal it's everything metal there are certain styles maybe in that in metal that i don't like which are more like political or that support a certain um i mean i like thrash metal it can be political too but whenever it becomes something that i don't support you know like the nazi black metal band it's something that will never ever listen in my life you know this kind of styles i don't i don't like so only the stuff that i really respect in metal yeah for (laughs) real i I, i'm i only listen to to death metal when i'm lifting weights because it evokes the demons that are in my muscles and in my head and it allows me to get that weight up and it's just like uh, the monsters are controlled in here but when i lift weights it, it needs to get dark and it gets really dark with uh, with death metal. I was introduced to death metal back in 2007 with my brother. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, ta- he told me about this band Suffocation. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. And Suffocation came to my hometown and they did like a, two shows in one day. One was for like underage kids. And my brother was like, I think 14 at the time. Uh, so I took him to that. And then the nighttime show was like with alcohol and uh, adults. And yeah, th- that was a Sunday night and work in the office with a shirt and tie the next morning was not a pleasant experience for anybody. That was for damn sure. But yeah, I yeah, know the band. Yeah. Yeah. I got to meet Mike <laughs> Smith, the drummer. I got to meet him outside the venue. I was like, ah, starstruck. Cool. But, uh, nice. but with Crypta, I have a, a kind of a, a funny association with Crypta. When your album came out, I bought it. And you know, when you buy something on your iPhone, like the first, like it's the next purchase is it appears first on your phone. And, you know, um, the, the first song, Starvation, I believe, um, when I put my kids to bed, I got two young kids. When I put them to bed, sometimes bedtime is a bit of a struggle. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, have, I have these magic creatures right here and I put them on. And when I, you know, I think it's uh, Awakening is the intro track. Mm-hmm. When, when I skip that one and Starvation comes on and the kids and their screaming leave my head because of that song. Uh, I'm forever <laughs> grateful to Crypta for that beautiful wow. piece of music. <laughs> that sounds that sounds very an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just uh, it's just a fun association with the band. So uh, for like a month before, like I bought another yeah. song. That was my first go to song because it was the quickest one to access. It's the most straightforward one, definitely from the album, the more brutal death metal styled. I mean, I would say it's still more old school still, but it has a very brutal vibe in it more than the other songs in the album. Yeah, for real. That's why we put it also in the beginning of the album, because it's such a slap in the face. Yeah. And your solos are just out of this world. I have when I'm walking on the street and the solo comes on and people see me do this. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, I got to I got to calm down. This guy's air guitar playing in the street. <laughs> it's a real problem that people don't really talk about, but air guitar is a it's a mental health issue that I suffer with, especially on the no, bus. No, it's not a mental health issue. It's a good mental health thing. It's a, a mental and physical because, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I love I love all of what you put out there and uh, just just even being able to talk to you and trying to relate it to what I'm trying to do with this podcast and my gym and my love of heavy metal music is it's surreal to be able to talk to you about this. Oh, well, I really appreciate it that you 
come to me and ask me for an interview and I'm really having fun on this interview because it's so like personal and we actually talk you know it's not like question or answer this is yeah this is flowing very nicely that's the really goal like that. that's the goal I don't want to be like so you started in 2004 and then you went from here to there and uh, where do you get your inspirations for your music it's like it's nah, 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 nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just boring but with this with this podcast I want to talk about uh the real things like the real issues the real problems the real things that we face uh, because like I've, I've fought in a ring I fought in a cage and people see me under the bright lights and when I win my hand is raised but nobody mm -hmm. saw me in the gym for like 10 weeks preparing for this watching my diet getting my ass kicked by my training partners wondering if I'm good enough wondering if I should quit what will I do if I quit nobody understands yeah, all the hours that go into it yeah you know, all those practicing training it's a lot of um physical how to say it um it can be very physically draining but also mentally draining and it's something that you you're putting all your energy into it and you have so much expectations to get back and when you don't get what you what you want it can be so frustrating yeah that's the thing and that's what we don't uh, that's what we don't get asked as fighters or as coaches or as musicians. It's just, you know, when's your next show? When can I see you on stage with the bright lights and all that type of stuff? But it's what goes into it makes all that stuff worthwhile. And like, I, I want to ask you as well about, you know, your, your like touring aspirations for the future. Like, are you chomping at the bit to get out there and get on tour and travel the world? Or are you just kind of like, all right, let's just see how this is going to pan out. We have a lot of touring going to happen on next year. We are planning the whole year long, literally the whole year long, full of touring. Um, of course, there is just a couple of things uh, confirmed so far publicly with crypto. For example, uh, the European tour in April together with Decide and Christian. We also have a South American tour uh, together with Belfagor, Christian and um, another band. And uh, this is going to be also around many, many South American countries in Brazil. Um, there's going to be a lot more. It's, it's, I cannot still talk about it yet, but um, it will soon be confirmed. And uh, we also have like festivals being confirmed, for example, Wacken in Germany um which is amazing you know it's, it's gonna be my second time playing there and playing there with with the band that just released one album is just mind-blowing to me but it's gonna be epic uh we have a lot coming yeah not this year but the next one so 2020 uh, yeah. that's gonna be the um, the year we are aiming to tour as much as we can and hopefully promote the hell out of uh, echoes of the soul because we haven't been able to do that unfortunately it's a killer album it's just like to hear this live would be just so fucking killer you know i, I just for me as a fan i i feel uh, deprived of the last two years from concerts like i in a selfish sulking kind of way it's like i want to go to a concert and drink a beer with my friends uh, but it's your livelihood it's it's your job it's your uh path to success if like i can find something else to do but you're kind of just sitting there waiting for the green light to tour the world um so I, yeah. I can only imagine that that's just like but i'm not sitting still though i'm not sitting still i i there's a lot of things that we can still do you know writing music we're already writing the second album with crypta now i'm gonna go to the studio um 
next month with Cobra Spell, record the second EP. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to do still, you know, the, the world, um, keep time keeps on going. Yeah. You can still do stuff, you know, from home or give guitar lessons, anything that I can do besides touring, I'm doing it right now. And mostly right now too, because if next year I'm going to be away from home so long, this means that I have to like work forward with everything that I can do here. So whenever I'm leaving that it's set. I got Ozzy Osbourne tickets. He was supposed to play uh, November 2019 and there was health issues and that was canceled. Oh. It was moved forward to 2020, 2021 and now 2023. So Seriously? Yeah. Oh, let's hope he still uh, makes it, to be honest. That's the conversation in the comment section is like, will he still be alive? You know, his health is not where it needs no. to be for a world tour. He's, he's old. He's had quite a life, you know? Yeah. I really hope I get to see him ever in my life because I haven't had a chance to either see him solo or with Black Sabbath. You know, they were before he was playing with Black Sabbath, uh, some tours, but I, I just missed everything. You know, I haven't been able to, to, to see any of that. So I hope I, I get at least to see Ozzy somehow ever live. Yeah. And uh, I know he's he's going to tour with Sec Wild, right? Yeah. The shows. Yeah. It's going to be epic, you know? Absolutely. 2007, um, Ozzy came to Dublin and the support band was Black Label Society. So Zach mm. came out for 40 minutes and played with Black Label Society, went backstage, came out and played two hours a show with Ozzy. I'm like, oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Respect. Yeah, much respect. Absolutely. That's so cool. Really cool. Uh, final question before I get you out of here, and it's a question I always like to ask musicians. Um, as a fan, what would have been your favorite concert to attend live? Ooh, well, I actually already had my favorite concerts that I attended to. Um, Kiss, you know, it's my, my favorite band, the band that got me into music. You know, I owe them everything for what I'm doing. So uh, I would love to see kiss again you know i will never get tired of seeing them live um but also alice cooper and anthrax i think these three bands for me are awesome to to see live i would love to see wasp too even though um they're not the full band anymore lucky lawless is still there but um you know i, I would love to see wasp with randy piper <laughs> that would yeah. be so cool um yeah so i think these four bands are very meaningful to me um, I've already seen part of them live, but I would see them again and again and again because they inspire me. Um, they drive me to just become a better version of myself and remind me of why I do this, why I play music in, in the first place, you know, for fun. That's what I do it. There you go. I mean, that's it. A lot of people like, you know, especially the guys, they get in for the sex, drugs and rock and roll and they kind of like get into that alcoholic phase and then it's like I'm sober and then it just teepers off. Uh, mm -hmm. But you get in there for the fun. You do it for the love of the music and the passion. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, and sometimes, you know, you get so much sucked into it that you think that you have to work, 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 work. And then you forget, hey, you have to have fun. You do this for yourself, you know. And whenever I'm listening to music that I like, you know, whenever I'm playing these covers on my YouTube channel, like whenever I'm playing Kiss or whenever I'm playing Motley Crue or any other bands that I appreciate, they remind me, hey, this is fun to do, you know, enjoy, just do it. And the same is when I'm being on stage and I'm standing there in front of a crowd full of people. That's my favorite thing from being a musician because 
I get the exact feeling that the, the musicians that I uh, look up to uh, have when they are on stage. And I, this is what I work for. You know, that's what I uh, work for to be here on top of the stage playing in front of someone. And of course, it's been two years since I've had, had, hadn't had that. I mean, last week I had it first time in two years. Yeah. So to, to knowing that it will come back uh, eventually after the COVID for me, it's like a relief. And um, it's the reason why I do this. And uh, yeah, just watching this live bands really reminds me, hey, this is where, what you're gonna, where you wanna, where, where you wanna go work towards to, you know, this is gonna be you in the future, maybe. Amazing. So this, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna be as cool as they are, but I'm gonna be my version of it, hopefully. <laughs> you're gonna be, if not cooler, Sanya, I swear to God, you're a true inspiration. I love watching what you put out there. I love your posts. I love seeing, I love uh, Cobra Spell and uh, and crypto i love everything that you put out there and it's an absolute pleasure for me to sit down and talk to you on this podcast <laughs> any final words for anyone listening who's a fan of yours i've got a friend here in lucerne actually manuel very big fan of yours well firstly i want to thank everyone and uh, i want to thank you for having me um for everyone that's listening the interview and has been supporting me in this crazy crazy amount of COVID time that we have had you know, it's hard to release an album in this time and hard to promote it. And everyone wants us to get on stage, but we're just waiting for the moment that everything just gets better with the COVID situation. We don't want the numbers to raise. You know, we don't want the country to be to get in lockdown again. We just want everything to be right. So we are ready to get on stage and everything is safe and nobody needs to wear the mask and everyone can march. That's what we want. That's what we want to work towards too. So we're thankful for everyone's patience. And um, yeah, thanks for the support and uh, hoping that in the future, hopefully next year, we can come uh, very near you and play all and break all the stages near you and tour around and hopefully get things back to normal. Um, aside of that, um, I would encourage everyone to uh, follow their dreams and uh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Be yourself, I mean. <laughs> Amazing. That's exactly why I asked you on this show. This is just perfect for me. Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you hear and if you like what you see, please do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button. It will help grow this oh, yeah. podcast. Subscribe. subscribe. Uh, hit the like button. Or if you don't like me, hit the, don't, the dislike button. I think it's still there, according to the rumors. Or a comment with your feedback. Anything at all is welcome. I just want to interact and give you guys what you want. Um, I don't have anything else to say. Sonia, it's an absolute pleasure for me to have you here. Honest to God. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Take care of yourselves, guys. Rock and roll. Bye-bye.